This is episode 97 with Joel Runyon of ImpossibleHQ.com. And today we're going to be taking a look at what it takes to make some uncomfortable decisions and live an unconventional life. Kind of like what you're doing when you embark on a product launch with Kickstarter and you're looking at living a life that not many other people choose to live. This is Crowdfunding Uncut, the place where creators and entrepreneurs come to learn how to launch a successful crowdfunding campaign. Here's your host, Kirsten Ross. This episode is brought to you by BackerKit. BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software service that helps you take care of all the spreadsheet nightmares after your campaign is done. Let me explain. Once you have hundreds of new backers for your product, you're going to be exporting a ton of customer data that is probably going to change. People will need to change their shipping address. They'll want to downgrade some of their rewards. They'll want to buy more rewards. And when you don't have a system in place to help with this, it's actually going to be taking a lot more of your time dealing with customer service admin, and you're probably going to screw stuff up, which is not good long-term for customer relations. BackerKit gives you a full done-for-you software platform online where you can easily manage all of your customer data. And my favorite part about working with them is that once your campaign actually wraps up, they help you get additional sales from your customers by offering to upsell to more rewards or options that you may or may not have on your campaign. They have worked with more than 2,000 projects, delivering more than 3.5 million rewards um, and products. This could be digital products or, heck, even physical products to you guys. They've been amazing to work with. I've partnered with them on the show because I've worked with them in the past and they are amazing. So if you are looking for a partner after your campaign, that's going to make your life super easy. They are the ones to go to. To find out more information, go to backerkit.com. But wait, at checkout, they're actually giving the uncut listeners, which are you guys, going to give you 50% off of their setup services. So when you go to backerkit.com, go to checkout and use the five code uncut, U-N-C-U-T. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. This is Crowdfunding Uncut. I'm your host, Kirsten Ross. By now, you guys should know that if you have been a avid listener of the podcast. Um, the guy I'm bringing on the show today, uh, he and I were talking and he's like, well, this isn't really crowdfunding, but that's beyond the point. You guys know that I sometimes bring guests onto the show that have complementary skill sets or viewpoints and way of looking at life that help in the entrepreneurial journey. And when I came across Joel Runyon's stuff uh, from Impossible HQ uh, over a year ago, I've heard of the concept of a bucket list, but his content and how he lives his life is completely um, is really refreshing. He has this thing called the impossible list, which I'll let him explain, but he talks about setting, not a bucket list, because bucket list is achievable. He wants you to set the bar high in life to be able to live the impossible life that you never thought you can live. And so he help, he like by this list, he actually forces you to look at things that you think are ridiculous, you could never accomplish, write them down, and then you strive for excellence that way. And so I followed his stuff. I've made my own impossible list, and I thought it was really relevant to bring him on the show because... Crowdfunding to me is a way to build a business and for a lot of first-time entrepreneurs, this is a huge step and there's a lot of people who won't take this jump because of their own mental limitations and I just really love Joel because he really forces you to do things that you never thought you could do. So I'm just going to shut up and Joel, like, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) No worries. So I know I've given like a high level and, you know, I came across your stuff through the impossible list, but would you be able to just give us a, you know, 20,000 foot view of what it is that you do, what impossible HQ is, et cetera? 
Yeah. So uh, my name is Joel Runyon. I'm an athlete and an entrepreneur, and uh, I run a business called Impossible, just sort of a collection of uh, companies uh, built to deliver fitness and mindset uh, tools, inspiration, and uh, and uh, apps and other products and services uh, as well that we're actually going to be launching later this summer. But um, yeah, right now we have um, a couple different digital fitness products, uh, a couple different apps, uh, but it's all around... Uh, uh, improving uh, your fitness and improving your mindset and uh, really uh, pushing your limits and doing something, uh, pushing your limits, doing stuff you don't think you can do and uh, forcing yourself to do something impossible. What would you say drives you to live a life differently from other people? <laughs> so um, I was, I like to say I was kind of forced to. Um, the The story of my blog is kind of, you know, the story of the last six or seven years of my life, but um, I started my blog when I was unemployed. I couldn't get a job. I was just graduated from school, and um, you know, it was 2009, and the economy was terrible, and um, nobody would hire me. And so um, I tried to do, I tried to, you know, tried to do the normal thing. I tried to go get a normal job. I tried to, you know, get hired by, uh, you know, and go get a corporate gig. And uh, I literally wasn't allowed to. <laughs> they wouldn't. Nobody would hire me. And um, and. I started to lower my sights a little bit. I, I applied to places like Target and Starbucks, and uh, Starbucks wouldn't even call me back. And so um, I got in this place where I basically felt like I couldn't do anything. I got to a place where everything started to seem impossible, and um, I felt bad for myself for a long time. And then after a while, I just stopped. I, I, I stopped being okay with feeling bad for myself all the time, and I said, you know what? There's excuses for why you can't do all these other things, why you can't get a job, why you can't start your own business, why you can't travel the world. Um, but there's no excuse for why you can't, you know, take control of your body. And and and, and at the time, the, the 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 big impossible goal that I wanted to do was run a triathlon. And so I decided, you know, there's no reason why I can't go out and train for this triathlon, even though nobody will hire me or nobody will let me do anything. I can get my shoes on and run around the block. I can jump on my bike and run around the block and. Um, I did that. And, uh, when I finished that, I realized, you know, um, you know, all these other things that I was waiting for, I was waiting for someone to give me a job. I was waiting, you know, for someone, you know, to give me the money to, or the ability to travel. Um, and you know, with, with athletics, with fitness, um, if you want to go do something, nobody's going to give it to you. You have to go train for it. But if you train for it, you can do it. And, um, that was one of the first things, uh, where it clicked for me, where, I realized that uh, you can do whatever you want. You kind of have to, you know, do stuff that other people aren't willing to do. Uh, you have to train, you know, long hours, or you know, do stuff that do hard stuff that most people might shy away from. But uh, if you do it, you can actually go do the things that you think are impossible. And so that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, that's sort of bled over. It started with uh, physical fitness. It started with triathlons, and it started bleeding over into other areas of fitness, other areas of my life, uh, my job search. Uh, my entrepreneurial endeavors, uh, I ended up quit getting a job and quitting it two years later and starting up my own business and, um, kind of just bled over into how I live my life or at least try to. And, um, yeah, it was, it's kind of funny cause I, I don't know if I would have chose it. Um, you know, initially I did all the things you were supposed to do. And, uh, when I got out of school, it was just, you know, the, the job that I was supposed to have wasn't, didn't show up. And so I had to figure out a, an alternate route. And, uh, uh, that's what kind of what I've been doing since. It's, um, 
Your story kind of reminds me of Hal Elrod. Are you familiar with him? I know who he is. I, uh, I'm not super familiar with him. He's um, the Miracle Morning, just for anyone listening, Miracle Morning book. And his story is is all like he got laid off. He lost half his coaching clients back around the same time that you were struggling. And he felt so sorry for himself that the one one day he just needed some control over something in his life. So he decided to start running. And he's like, okay, I could do that. I can go out the door and run a mile. So he started doing that every day and ended up doing ultra marathons, which you know we'll get into with your stuff. But what is like... What was the, can you remember the day that you decided that you were sick of feeling sorry for yourself? And like, did something specific happen that was the catalyst for you being like, no, I don't want to live this way anymore and just so, change everything? Like, Yeah, so I had, um, I like I said, I applied to Starbucks, I applied to Target, they wouldn't call me back, couldn't get jobs there. I got a part-time job at UPS um, for seasonal work. Uh, we were supposed to go out six weeks during the Christmas season and uh, help the drivers deliver packages because Christmas is the busy time. Uh, the economy was so bad, instead of going out for six weeks, uh, nobody was sending packages, nobody was sending gifts because the economy was so bad. So we only went out for three weeks. My first paycheck was like $7, $7 or something after they took out taxes and union dues. Uh, um, yeah. And then I got, I got laid off after Christmas because the seasonal rush was over. And uh, yeah, basically all of January, I think I felt really bad for myself. And then... Somewhere in February, I don't know the exact date, but I just remember being like, you're just sitting, like, you're literally sitting in your parents' basement, not doing anything, and, you know, you know, you have your friends traveling to every country in the world, your other friends just quit his job and moved to Thailand, like, it'd be nice to travel, it'd be nice to start your own business, but let's face it, you don't have, you know, the ability to do that right now, um, but then, you know, I looked out the front door, and, you know, it was a little cold out in Chicago at that point, but there was no reason why I couldn't go out the door and just start running and there's no reason I couldn't get on my bike and ride around the block and um I just kind of had this thing where you know this, you know look in the mirror thing and just as you know if you want to go do this this many 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 short indoor triathlon is something you can totally do if you just decide to do it mm -hmm. and so I I set the bar really low I mean that thing is not like it's not it was a 10 minute swim a 30 minute bike ride and a 20 minute run and you, you measured how far you swam, biked and ran. It's not even like a real triathlon. Um, but when I finished that, I remember specifically thinking about the end of, at the end of the race, it's like you just talking to myself. I said, you know, you, you spent so much time telling yourself this was impossible and you just did it. Like how many other things are out there that seem impossible, just now, you know, um, seem impossible. But if you train for, you know, something as little as two months, like you can change your entire perspective on it. And so, that mindset is kind of what started to bleed over into other areas of life. And, um, that I kind of took that to, you know, how I was approaching the jobs I was applying for. I took it to, you know, the types of, uh, races I started, uh, training for and, um, you know, just keep continuing on doing that for, you know, years on years. Uh, it's kind of snowballed into what it is, uh, what it is now. Yeah. It's, um, I think I'm familiar with, okay. So full confession, I don't read emails and I'm subscribed to your list. And I think, I don't think I read your emails for like a good three months. And then one day, uh, there was a subject line, something about like cold therapy or like, if you can't do this for five minutes a day, you're a failure. Some headline <laughs> like that. And it was like, I like that headline. I don't know if that's an actual headline, but I'm going to, I'm going to steal that. And, but and, it's and like, quote it to that email. there's something yeah. about that. And cause I follow Tim Ferriss's things and uh, like, I'm a triathlete too. So I understand the value of cold showers and cold therapy. 
Um, and I, I opened the email and I think you were either ju- uh, just launching or almost about to launch your cold therapy app. And I was like, and then the email copy was so good. It's, it was literally something like, if you can't do this for five minutes a day, like you're probably not achieving anything else. Like it was something like that. And it, I was like, oh God, he's so right. If I can't do this, I have no, like, it's like, if you can't do the one simple thing towards your health, then what else are you going to be able to control in your life? And I swear, like I downloaded the app and I did cold showers straight for 60 days. And it's now a part of my like routine after a workout is like, I'll have a cold shower because it's really great for um, like blood flow and, and all the other things. Right. And so, yeah, so, so the, the background on that is the, uh, I, I have a 30 day cold shower challenge. Uh, and the idea is people feeling stuck, feeling pe- people feeling like they, uh, um, they're not sure what to do in their life. They're having trouble doing difficult things. The, the challenge is to take cold showers for 30 days. And the idea is um, you realize, you know, cold, everybody does. I, I like to tell people to train their bodies and train their minds uh, by doing hard physical things. But the reality is not everybody can wake up tomorrow and run an ultra marathon. And so, but every day, every, every person, every single day takes a shower. And so the idea of cold showers is most people take a warm shower. It's simple. It's easy. It's what most people do and it's comfortable. Um, but, uh, it's also a choice. And, um, with cold showers, you're choosing to be uncomfortable. You're choosing to uh, do something that's weird or unusual or uh, just difficult. And, um, the idea is if you can't do something that's unusual, difficult, or uncomfortable for five minutes a day in the shower where nobody's going to be affected. And the only person that's going to be uncomfortable is you, how are you ever going to do anything else in life? That's going to require you to be uncomfortable for more than five minutes. And it has going to have way bigger repercussions than just making you cold for five minutes. Um, and so that's the, that, you know, that's the kind of the context of the email. And I think I do some challenges or, you know, call people out and, uh, that's the, you know, I've gotten, uh, simultaneously more hate mail on that email <laughs> than, uh, I've gotten on anything else that I've written. And, uh, but it's only from people, the only hate mail I've gotten is from people who haven't done it. Um, mm-hmm. people who do it, uh, you know, it, they might not do it for the rest of their life, but it, it usually sparks a significant change because you start to realize the voices in your head, um, being scared of being uncomfortable is usually way more detrimental than actually being uncomfortable. When you're cold for five minutes after you're done being cold, you, you dry off and you're fine and you go on with the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, it's the 35 seconds before you do something scary, before you do something uncomfortable where you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And, uh, you know, that's, that's why most people don't sign up for a triathlon. That's why most people don't start uh, their business. That's why most people don't, you know, they'll go through all the launches and, you know, buy all the courses, but they don't actually launch their own product mm-hmm. because it's that initial fear uh, of turning the water on cold and jumping into the shower. And, um, yeah, that's just a good way to practice every single day to practice getting uncomfortable. People say it all the time. It's on so many Instagram quotes. It drives me crazy because people post it all the time. And they're like, oh, com- you know, uh, growth is, you know, outside your comfort zone. And uh, they're not doing anything actually difficult or uncomfortable. And so it's a good way to physically practice uh, physically getting uncomfortable. Yeah. I know um, it res- it hit a chord with me. And, like, since then... I've become very in tune with my mindset and my routines every single day and how they affect my overall performance in life. And I go through these phases where like, I'm not good with routine, but when I wake up and I have like, um, say my routine is go, uh, 
go for a run as soon as you wake up, then have a cold shower and then meditate or whatever those like two or three things are in the morning. When I do those and I, I control and I make sure I do them, then everything else, it's like the rest of my day, I'm planned, I'm in control. But the second I stop doing the cold shower or I stop doing those habits that kind of keep my life in check, then everything goes out the window. It's like I I become reactive as opposed to planning what I should be doing. And I, I find that it's like, I feel that the, the cold shower thing is a a hack that people can be using to control and stay on top of the lifestyle that they want. Um, it's not about the cold shower. It's about the, that the habits and what that means for how seriously you take your life and, and what you do in that life. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's about the voice that you hear right before the two seconds before you turn the shower on. And some people will, you know, get scared and turn it to warm and, 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 and avoid it because it seems scary. And it's really one of those things you just get used to hearing that voice. And when you hear, you know, hear that voice, you know, it's super useful if you're getting chased by like a bear, or, you know, like, you know, going to jump into a, a waterfall that's, you know, way too strong. It's, you're going to drown. You probably shouldn't do it. Um, but, you know, when it comes to, you know, doing that, you know, it, there, there's no rational reason why you can't be cold for five minutes. I have people emailing me, what if I get hypothermia? If you get hypothermia from a cold shower, um, you, you have to be, I, I, I took a cold shower in Antarctica. So, uh, people are having like I don't I don't have a lot of excuses for why people can't take one for five minutes because you can warm up pretty quick. So um, it's, um, it's 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 just training your mindset and 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 realizing when you're actually in a dangerous situation or something you should be cautious in, and when your body is just you know you're just you're just trained yourself to never be uncomfortable. And if you actually can get used to being, you know, it's it's a cliche thing be be comfortable uh, being uncomfortable. Um, people say it all the time, but most people don't actually like to be, to do that. Like I like to take people, we've taken people, uh, bungee jumping before. And, you know, a lot of times you, you say, you know, with a launch or with a, you know, a crowdfunding campaign, at some point you just have to launch. It doesn't matter how much planning you've done. At some point you have to send out the email campaigns. You have to post the, the crowdfunding page. You have to do all the things. Um, and yeah, and that, that takes guts and there's no way to do that other than practice it in small ways. Um, you know, throughout the, uh, you know, throughout other parts of your life. And if you can build up that resiliency factor, build up, the, uh, you know, that mindset, then you, it bleeds over into everything. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. Um, it seems like a lot of major life changes and not with everyone, but I'd like your take on this. A lot of major life changes are inspired by rock bottom moments. Now, <laughs> well, yep. it's yeah. Like, it's the person becoming way too fat or the doctor calling you obese that, or saying you're prone, you have diabetes or something that will spike the weight loss and allow you to stick to that. Um, like you had it happen in 2009. But what would you say for people who don't have the luxury of a rock bottom moment to make big changes in their life? What would, like, would, do you have a hack or something you would say to someone who's like, you know, had it pretty easy in life, but they want more, but like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 where yeah. the motivation is so, kind of lacking, so, right? So the, 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 the phrasing luxury of having a rock bottom moment is, is kind of funny <laughs> because, um, you know, I mean, it is, it is nice because like a lot of times you can insulate yourself with friends or people who aren't going to necessarily tell you uh, the truth or, um, 
you know, will say what you want to hear rather than saying what you want or what you need to hear. And um, I honestly, Cold Charms is the biggest hack in the world. Like, it's it's the stupidest thing in the world. I get people that be like, oh, you think you're so tough because you can take Cold Charms. No, I don't think I'm tough because of take Cold Charms. I think it's um, it just reveals so much about you. you. You can have a full-grown man. He's been through, you know, you know, 45 years of life and, you know, has a kid and a job and all these things. And he gets in the shower and he's like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe scared to take a cold shower. Like it, it, it's not, it's not about being tough. It's, it's, it's revealing. And it shows you, um, you know, you can have these irrational fears about different things. And, um, you know, that, that, that thought you have, um, you know, before you get in the cold showers, the same thought you have before, you know, pressing launch on a big Kickstarter thing or going to the gym when you haven't gone to the gym in a long time, or, you know, uh, asking for the raise in your, in your business that, or at your job that you haven't asked for before. Um, every time you do something you haven't done before, uh, you get that little lump in your throat, you get a little nervous, your palms get sweaty, um, and you're like, I, I'm going to look stupid, this isn't this isn't a good idea, I don't know why I'm doing this, I, I, you know, who's this Joel guy telling me online to, to take cold showers? Um, and you have all those experiences and emotions in the shower, and if you can learn to recognize them and then realize that all you have to do is turn on the cold, and if you just let it be cold, it's it's annoying, it's uncomfortable for five minutes, and then after five minutes, it's over, and you come out and you're awake, and you're you you kind of put that rock in your morning to start the day, um, and then you can start your routine and get on. Like that's that's what happens with these big changes in life. You decide to go to the gym, and then all of a sudden it becomes routine. It goes from scary to to routine. You ask for a raise, um, and then you know all of a sudden you're comfortable talking about your salary with with your boss and you're at, you're looking for other job offers. Um, you know, there's, 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 it's just exercising that muscle and you realizing, you know, no matter what you do, there's always going to be something, you know, outside, you know, your limit of what you think is possible. Uh, and that limit, you know, every time you get close to that limit, it's going to be scary. And the, the key is getting used to that feeling and letting you know when, you know, that scary is, you know, when it's actually useful and when it's just, you know, just in your head. Speaking of scary, what would you say is the scariest thing on your impossible list for you? Um, I don't know. I, uh, I did the ultra marathon in Antarctica and that was kind of scary. Um, and, uh, I, part of what makes the impossible list kind of cool is, uh, I'm always trying to update it and improve it. Uh, every time, you know, I launched this big project. I wanted to run seven ultra marathons on seven continents. And I just finished that, uh, a month and a half ago. And, uh, I remember when I launched, that was the scariest thing. Um, I was like, there's no way, there's no way I'm even going to be able to get close to it. And uh, I just finished it. And now I'm like, what, what's next? Um, I think, you know, in some ways, uh, some of the business goals are scary. I, I really want to grow and scale the business beyond, um, just me and a, a few employees. Um, and so that's a, that's both, uh, a learning skill where I'm going to, um, I'm going to have to change a couple things about how I've operated my business so far and, uh, you know, start, um, you know, building out a team more than I have in the past. So that's a little bit scary. Um, and then part of it's just, uh, kind of starting to dream again, because I've got a lot of things on here. Um, actually I have to cross us, cross off some stuff and, uh, do an update on it. But, um, I think um, I think a lot of it's uh, right now is going to be uh, you know business related and, and kind of taking my business from a successful uh, you know uh, single digit uh, employee business to uh, to scaling it out and and 
and doing stuff in a way that I, I haven't done it before. And so that's kind of interesting and it's a new challenge, but it's also sort of fun. Now, I'm going to pause. We cannot forget to thank the guys over at BackerKit for sponsoring this episode. BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software service that helps you take care of all the logistics, spreadsheets, and um, sorting customer data. Not only do they help make customer address changes super easy or changing rewards after someone has already bought, but the power is that they also help you um, do upsells and downsells and take care of all that. So if you don't have a system or platform already set up, um, they've already built that for you. And the best part, you can find them at backerkit.com, but they've actually um, created a discount code for the Uncut listeners, which are you guys. So if you go to uh, check out, use the code UNCUT, U-N-C-U-T. They're going to give you 50% off of their startup services, which is amazing. Um, so if you want to keep selling and keep making money and stay super organized um, after your campaign, they are the guys to go to. I've worked with them on a few campaigns now, and they are amazing. Again, backerkit.com. Antarctica. So I've traveled <laughs> I've traveled five of seven continents, so I'm oh. more traveled than average. Um, but... Antarctica, first off, how did you get there? <laughs> Secondly, can you tell me about the race itself? Like, were you one-man band? Did you have um, an entourage of people that helped with health and stuff? Like, what does that look like in those kinds of climates? Yeah, so we, we flew into Union Glacier, which is the main uh, main camp where they do a lot of expeditions. So if you want to climb Mount Vincent or Mount Sydney, which are the tallest volcano and tallest mountain in uh Antarctica, this is where you fly into. They also do a lot of expeditions for a lot of the scientific research facilities um, as far as like uh, bringing supplies and stuff. And you fly in on this big Russian Aleutian jet, um, and it's just crazy big cargo plane. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, and you land on this uh, naturally occurring blue ice runway uh, just maybe a couple miles outside the camp. Um, you get on these uh, basically uh, custom-fitted... Um, Antarctic Hummer RV type things and you you bomb into camp um, and then the race itself it was a 10k uh, 10 times so it was a 100k race um, and there was a you know every time you come back to the to the start line uh, the start line was right outside the main mess hall so there's a lot of people there that could um, you know support you and they, they had food there uh, but they also had you know whatever whatever stuff you brought it was all um, you know, you could bring your own things. And then there was a, something at the 5K mark. And so um, every 5K, you were able to get stuff. But I think it was negative 10 degrees. Uh, it wasn't super warm, but uh, we kind of had the right gear and uh, the right apparel. And, um, you know, if you're running and, and moving, uh, negative 10 is cold, but it's not, it's not unbearable. So um, we went down there, you know, in January, which is almost the peak of the Antarctic summer, um, you know, right before the end of the season. So it's still, you know, habitable. Um, pretty much everybody packs up and leaves, though, by the time you get to, you know, February or March. And uh, most people leave, uh, you know, between April and April and September. So uh, you're not there during the Antarctic winter because that gets, <laughs> that's a whole different type of cold. So when you say minus 10, do you, say, do you mean Fahrenheit or Celsius? I believe it was Celsius. Celsius, okay. So it was cold, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like crazy. So what was... I'm sure we all have these um, this image going into something. What was the thing that surprised you the most about Antarctica? Um, I just kept pinching myself because it didn't seem like I was actually there. 
Um, it was one of those things like, I, I don't think people actually go to Antarctica. Like, you know, you, I, I've had friends do like the cruise boat to like the edge of Antarctica and they go to the islands and, um, you know, it's technically the Antarctic, but, you know, depending on who you talk to, there's actually a big debate about what constitutes Antarctica. And so we were, you know, 500 miles from the South Pole. So we were pretty far deep into the continent. And uh, it was just a, it was a wild experience. Um, a lot of, you know, there's no animals out there. Um, a lot of times during the race, I think I was out there for, I don't know, like 15 hours plus uh, running the race. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times you're out there completely on your own. And uh, there's no, there's no, there might be a little wind, but there's no like birds. There's no, there are only 10 people that did the race. So there's no, um, you know, there's no additional people out there that you run into. A lot of times, you know, over a 10K track, you won't see anybody uh, you know, for a kilometer, uh, you might see somebody like as a speck off in the distance, but, um, you know, judging distance is really tough in Antarctica because everything's white. Um, and so it's just a wild experience is one of those things you're like, I can't believe I'm here. And you just keep looking around and, um, you know, your eyes just keep getting wider. And, uh, as soon as I landed, I was like, I got to come back here at some point. It's, it's, you know, probably one of the most unique places in the world. And I love to go back, uh, if I get the, uh, the chance to, but, uh, just, just incredible. Um, really, really beautiful place, really special place. And, uh, um, you know, they do. So the, the place we flew into, it just has all sorts of adventures all over the place that like, I didn't even know you could do. Like they have like skiing tours and like, um, you know, snowboard and I didn't even know you could do those things. So, uh, now I'm like trying to come up with an excuse to go back. Yeah. I, Antarctica just seems like, the one part of the world that hasn't been ruined by say Google maps or whatever, like it's still very, <laughs> it seems like very unexplored and definitely not a tourist destination right yep. now. Um, so that would just be incredible. And so I'm wondering like you, you start in triathlons and then you shift to ultra marathons, which I find funny because I don't think I could ever mentally do an ultra marathon, but I do triathlons. So like, did you have a preference which one you like or what style of race and why you prefer one over the other? Yeah. So I, uh, I got into ultras because, um, so I tricked myself into running. I did triathlons because I wasn't good at running, biking or swimming, but I figured at least I wouldn't be bored of doing either of them because by the time you get done, you know, by the time you get done swimming, you're like, okay, I'm going to go do something else now. Um, so at least it was like switching it up. And then I did a half Ironman distance and I realized I had run a, you know, basically a half marathon. I was like, oh, I can, you know, I can keep running and go farther if I need to. So um, ended up uh, basically tricking myself into running. Um, ended up training for a marathon at some point. Uh, did the marathon. And then um, I got challenged to do an ultra marathon uh, for charity uh, by Pencils of Promise. And uh, I was like, no, that's ridiculous. It's way too far. And then as soon as, you know, this happens with me a lot where, uh, idea gets planted and then I can't stop thinking about it and then I can't not do it. I, I can't, I can't sleep well until I go do it. So I went and did, uh, the ultra marathon. And the thing I like about ultra marathons is, uh, triathlons are really fun. Um, I think they're a really good workout. Um, what I found, uh, about ultras was it, it was a really good test of my mental, um, capabilities. Um, I'm not even, I don't really like running. I'm not a great runner. Um, it's not, fun people you know a lot of people think running's fun i don't necessarily think running is fun i kind of hate it um but i like what running gives me and i like 
after you know 26 miles and you want to give up and you're sore and you're tired and you have to run another you know another five miles or another 10 miles or another 20 miles um i like that it, it puts you in places where you're uncomfortable and you're you want to quit and you want to give up and then you just decide that you have to keep going and um you know i run ultras because of the mental aspect i run ultras because uh, the places you get to see, you can see stuff on a on the ultra marathon that um, you would take you days to hike to. Um, but it's it's a really a combination of the you know there's an adventurous aspect to it that isn't present in uh, a lot of triathlons, and then there's a um, there's a mental aspect that you can really you can get to when you do the you know the longer triathlon distances. But um, uh, there's a simplicity to the ultra marathons where it's just you and your shoes. And, um, you know, no excuses for, you know, you know, why you're hurting or, you know, everybody's hurting, everybody's tired. <laughs> that's the deal. What That's what you get when you sign up for these things. And, uh, I kind of like that mentality and you just kind of have to deal with it and, and go from there. Yeah. I love how you're, you're kind of using fitness as a way, like these insane races as a way to game your performance in other areas of life. Yeah, it's, um, right. it's, yeah, a lot of people talk like, oh, I don't need to do physical fitness. I'm just going to challenge myself mentally. And, 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 and physical fitness is like the fastest way to train your brain because you actually get like physical, um, you know, if your brain, if you think about something and you don't quite get the answer right away, you're just like, oh, that's hard. I don't get it. And you like give up or you walk away. Um, but with physical fitness, you realize like, you know, if, if you're running and things get difficult, you have to keep, like, you can't just quit and go home and be like, oh yeah couldn't figure you know i couldn't finish that race like you have to keep moving your feet you have to keep pedaling you have to keep doing whatever um you have to stay in it and by staying in it your brain kind of eventually adapts to the pain to the to the, to the problems you're having um gets around it and then all of a sudden you start to you know figure out a way through it and um you know when you know there and there are reasons i don't want to i don't want to you know, completely blanket and say everybody, you know, everybody has to do it. Cause if you're, you know, there's, there's very, very small number of people who, you know, can't physically, you know, challenge themselves in one way or another. But that's why I always come back to cold showers is because, um, you know, if you can't take a cold shower, like there's, there's no good reason why I, you know, nobody's ever given me a good reason why they can't take a cold shower. Um, the, the two reasons, um, I've, I've come up with are either, uh, you know, people are scared, um, or they're, they're arrogant and they, they're, they're either scared and they actually really just don't want to. And they, they, they can't actually physically handle five minutes of a cold shower or, um, they're arrogant and they don't think they could learn anything, um, you know, through a, a physical challenge. And so those are the only two reasons I've ever gotten. Um, people try to come up with stuff like, uh, I'm going to get hypothermia, you know, like I, you know, and, and I just don't buy any of it, like get a chair, sit down and like, you know, make sure you don't fall down if you're scared about falling or like freezing or whatever, but like everybody can take a cold shower. And, um, that's why I think it's like one of those quick mind hacks. You take a, everybody takes a shower every single day already. There's no reason why you can't just, you know, instead of turning it to hot, turn it to cold. And, you know, that's what you're doing with these uncomfortable decisions in other parts of your life. You're just turning it to cold. You're just choosing the more difficult, uh, the more challenging option. And, uh, what usually comes out of that is you end up telling a better story. You end up having, um, you know, a better experience and, uh, your life becomes more interesting by choosing the harder thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have one more question, which is yep. a selfish one. Cause I want to know this for myself, but for I'm training for an Ironman and 
reason I'm doing that is because I think your impossible list really challenged me to look at something you're terrified of doing and just doing it. And now the reason I'm doing it is a way to gamify um, scaling my business. Because the way I see it is if I have something that takes hours out of my day to train, I have less hours to spend on the business, which is ultimately going to allow me to focus on high-level things. Mm -hmm. So how do... Because ultra marathon, I assume it's the same sort of training as an Ironman where you're running for hours a week. So how do you um, balance from, do you have like one time management hack that works really well for you to balance hours of training a week while still running a successful company? Um, I find um, the training makes me more productive. One, because I I have to, I have a limited amount of hours and so um was it Parkinson's law? It's like work expands to the time allotted to it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't allow, like if I have all day and I'm like, oh, I could work, I could not work, like, you know, I could I could spend 12, 12 hours on this one thing. It's going to take 12 hours. And if it takes, if I say, hey, I've got, I've got 20 minutes to get this thing done. <laughs> um, it's going to take, yeah, it's going to take 20 minutes. Um, and that's not, you know, if it's a really complicated task, maybe not, but uh, it's the same, uh, same concept. And so what I've tried to do is, you know, if the, you know, when, when you talked before about, you know, setting a routine and setting a habit sequence, like um, when I'm taking a cold shower and when I'm working out in a hard manner, um, I'm, I'm not just like in better shape. I'm not just, I'm like a better, I'm actually a better person. Um, I'm a better business person. I'm a better like human, like all those things. Like it, it just, something about it, it, it molds your character um, to be consistent, to have more discipline and, um, you know, when you can discipline yourself to take a cold shower, all of a sudden, um, you know, going out for the run doesn't seem so hard because, you know, you're coming back and, uh, you know, cold shower is refreshing then. Um, and then, you know, when you come to a, a, a tough thing in your business, um, all of a sudden it's not that difficult because you remember, oh, you know, I have this uneasy, you know, scared feeling that I've got in my stomach. But that's the same feeling I had, you know, in the shower or right before I did that long run. And so um, I found, you know, when you it's. The, the number of hours isn't necessarily uh, as important as how you're using them. And um, when you are, you know, just just the fact that you're building those muscles of discipline and routine and consistency, um, you know, from a from a fitness perspective, that's going to bleed over into other areas of your life. That that bled over um, into all areas of life for me, from you know being a being a low level employee to working my way up to trying to find the opportunities. Um, you know, to, to quitting, uh, having the confidence to, to quit my job and start my own business and then, you know, find new business opportunities and try new things out. Um, I think, I think just those skills of continually, you know, pushing yourself one, you're just going to have less time to do stuff. So you're, you, you're going to have to be more effective or you're, you're not going to, it's not going to work at all. Um, and then you're also just going to be more disciplined. You're going to, um, be a better person. And, um, like I said, I'm not trying to, you know, say if you're more in shape, you're a better person. But uh, when you're developing the routines and the habits to be more disciplined, um, that discipline leaks over to other parts of your life, and I, I it shows. Yeah, I fully understand that. So it's it's the hack in itself for productivity. So yep. well said. Great. Well, this has been awesome. I love going away from crowdfunding sometimes because I completely see your mindset as relevant to what a lot of people are doing right now, which is trying to live a bigger life. 
So if people want to find out more about like about you, resources, stuff like that, where can they find you? Uh, so impossiblehq.com is the uh, place where you can find uh, the blog, um, uh, all of our projects and businesses that are coming up. Uh, we just launched a, a new app uh, for mobility. So if you're a, an athlete and you want to stay healthy, uh, we've got that out there. Uh, Impossible HQ is the one site you can find everything else at. And then um, we have philanthropic stuff too, where we uh, we try to make uh, giving back a part of the business. And you can find out all the things that we do there at uh, impossible.org. So um, those are probably the two best spots. Great. And sorry, what's the name of that mobility app? The mobility app is called MoveWell. Uh, it's movewellapp.com. Okay. And um, it's something that I built after uh, I busted my ankle on mile 26 of a 43-mile race. Uh, I hobbled the last 17 miles after uh, doing that and then uh, realized that was probably not a smart thing to do and had to do six months of rehab. And um, basically built this as a tool. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bootstrapped uh, app that we've built uh, as a tool to be a personal mobility coach for people. So um, it's physical therapy without a, uh, a person, without having to go in and spend, uh, you know, a hundred dollars a session with a physical therapist. Um, if you have a, a back pain, um, you know, if you're an athlete and you want to uh, get stronger or recover better, it's really good. Mm-hmm. But also if you're just, uh, you know, sitting at your desk eight hours a day, there's a couple routines in there that you can do in five minutes and it's going to loosen you up and um, basically undo the damage that you're doing to yourself every day by sitting down for eight hours at a time. So, well, I'm going to check that out because I keep hearing about mobility and I don't have, I haven't looked for a resource before. So I'm like, Oh wait, what is that? <laughs> there you go. Cool. No, every, every routine is between, uh, like five and 10 minutes or so. So, um, it's awesome. uh, short and sweet and, uh, keeps you healthy. And, uh, it's the thing that I wanted when I was doing rehab because it was, it was, uh, it's a, it's a bad thing when you get injured. I get it. Cool. All right. Well, I know you got to jump to another call. So this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing like your life story and stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Hey, I hope you enjoyed me switching things up a little bit. Um, Joel is, I think one of the main reasons why I chose to sign up for an Ironman because it terrified me. And after creating my own impossible list, uh, that was definitely something on there. So In terms of what's next, if you guys are like so jacked and pumped after listening to this interview and you want to hit, like just make some audacious goals, I would love to get an email from you. Let me know what one thing is in your life that you think is impossible to hit. Do it. Sometimes we need that extra accountability. Um, and you know, I've done this in the past where I've emailed people who I look up to and know that will be disappointed if I don't do the thing because they'll, they want me to follow up. It's kind of like when I met Lewis Howes and I, at, um, it was at Thrive Conference a few months ago back in San Diego. And I was like, Hey Lewis, like I, I know you're an athlete and stuff like that. Um, I think I asked him for some training tips or something. And he, and I told him I was training for an Ironman. He's like, please email me and let me know how it goes. And because Lewis Howes, I mean, you know, he may or may not remember it, but because I told Lewis Howes that I was going to do something crazy like that, um, there's like the accountability of me not wanting to let down someone I highly respect. So if you need that accountability or you're really, you know, you have that one thing in your life that you're so scared to go after, I want to hear what it is because sometimes we just need that extra like 
push to start making it a reality. Like, the Iron Man thing for me has just been, like, I never thought I would do it. I remember, like, you know, ever since I heard what it was, I was like, I'm never doing that. But what caused me to do it was me realizing that I want to be the person who doesn't... I don't want to be the person that says I can't do something. So um, all it took was me signing up for a half Ironman to, like, last year to change my mentality a little bit because all of a sudden it wasn't... I could never do that. It's, oh man, I, ha- I have to make this work now. So how do we do it? So I really dig the accountability. Um, and apart from that, if crowdfunding is on the horizon, which, God, if you're listening to this episode, uh, it probably is. So be sure to um, check out our website. We do have a freebie, which is the uh, crowdfunding product launch checklist. So it's, uh, it's compiling a lot of the information from the campaigns that I've run over the last two years with a systemized approach for like exactly step-by-step what you need to do to make sure you're on track for a healthy launch. So you can grab that. It's a freebie at crowdfundinguncut.com. Apart from that, if you're digging the, oh my gosh, I didn't even give you my email. Um, please, you can email uh, Kirsten at crowdfundinguncut.com. You probably can't spell my name, so let's go through this. It's K-H-I-E-R-S-T-Y-N at crowdfundinguncut.com. And in the subject line, can you say, this is the thing I really want, but I'm scared to go at it or something. Maybe you have a better, whatever. Um, you know, I think a podcast, it's really great that I started this podcast because I sometimes ramble late at night when I'm recording, like right now. So anyways, figure out a catchy subject line, make sure I know what it is. And I'm super pumped to hear what your number one thing is. Uh, because if I can help push you to achieve that, your life is going to be different forever in, in hopefully a good way. Um, so yeah, apart from that, we are closing in on episode 100 really, really soon in just a few short weeks, and we're doing something really special for you. So if you're on the email list, you have already heard the announcement of who is coming on the show to celebrate episode 100 with us, um, but if not, you can subscribe and get those updates at crowdfundinguncut.com. So apart from that, I love you guys, and I'm just so excited for things to come in the future. So uh, anyways, take care. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.